Hello, and welcome to ROI Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Jay Swords, and this is the podcast segment of the show that's not broadcast on station KALA. Our guest for this 441st show is Don Wolford Metallo, Visual Arts Director at Quad City Arts Center. We've been talking about their current exhibit, Art in Lockdown. Our history buffs are Rick Sweet and Ed Broders. And Ed, let you start off this time. Thanks, Jay. Don, one of the things that has prolonged this pandemic is by a fairly significant number of people who have this delusional slash irrational view that wearing a simple mask is some kind of infringement on their constitutional rights. Do any of the pieces in the exhibit speak to that? They don't speak to whether or not the artist has that viewpoint. They, they're just, there are, some, there are at least two or three pieces where the person is wearing a mask, the uh, person that's been painted. Um, and there's one self-portrait that an art te- a local art teacher did where he is um, kind of ripping the mask off. But I think it's, it's not, a, I don't believe that's a statement about, um, you know, I don't think that's a political statement. I think it's just um, he's trying to teach and, and the difficulty of wearing a mask and, 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 you know, teaching, getting your point across and being able to speak clearly. I think it's just more of a, it shows a little frustration to me. Rick. Don, uh, you mentioned in the broadcast version that, uh, you know, the, uh, what, how this came about uh, uh, as an art exhibit. Can you give me a kind of an overview as to what you and the uh, art center uh, hope is the outcome of this exhibit? Um, I think what we, we really hope to come out of it is that maybe people who either hadn't tried art before or hadn't done very much can see that they are, they, they have some talent, they have that their work is worthy of being put up in an art gallery and that they'll continue Um, You know, even artists that have been doing art for 50 years are always experimenting and trying to get better. So it takes practice, just like a musician. They've got to practice the same way with art. So we we hope that people will keep doing some form of art, keep trying new things, keep seeing new things, keep exploring. So that would really be the the outcome. And and that they come back. We want to see them apply for an other shows and and visit the gallery and and stick with it. Great, great, Don. I, I'm. We've done a, a fair number of um, museum uh, shows over the years, and I'm endlessly fascinated about the process of displaying an exhibit. Um, you know, because I think. In some ways, those of us who've never done that sort of thing before, you know, just, well, it's just random. We just put it up and the sizes fit and whatever. Talk to us a little bit about the thought process that you and your colleagues had as you were actually hanging the exhibit or placing um, the pieces in the room. 
Okay, sure. That's kind of an art in itself. Um, when we <laughs> first get all the work in for any exhibit, it kind of sits along the, the edge of the walls on the floor, and we start moving things around. And what we're looking for is um, a flow so that, like, if you were to come in, you won't, we don't necessarily want you to notice that things go together because it just sort of flows. So you'll, um, now, you know, now that I'm talking about it, we have a black and white section. We noticed that there were um, several pieces of work that were either done in pencil or pen and ink, and so we grouped those things together. We have a landscape section. We have a portrait section because we noticed you know, lots of people doing portraits. We have an abstract section where all the work is, you know, non-representational and it's, it's, you know, it's mostly explosions of color. Um, and when we're hanging it, we, we, it's almost like we're putting together a collage and we don't want to put something that is, you know, like silver, a big silver frame and it's shiny and flashy next to um, a landscape of or that has a barn and, and fields because it's just kind of like you just kind of want to cringe. It's it's two <laughs> opposite things. It'd be like, um, you know, parking an old car next to a, a brand new shiny Mustang or, you know, something like that. So we want it to flow and um, each piece has to kind of connect to the one next to it has, you know, we, the, what, what we use, the term we use in the art world is they talk to each other. There's, there's something about one piece of art that relates to the one that goes next to it. Ed. Yeah. Um, Don, earlier in the show, you mentioned that some of the pieces um, that are on display in the exhibit were submitted by art teachers and that uh, generally the pieces are by people 18 and older. Has there, um, has there been any uh, consideration or discussion about having um, an exhibit put, uh, of pieces put together by, by kids, by people that weren't 18 when all this happened? Well, not not specifically, but Quad City Arts does. We have a history of doing a high school art exhibit every year for, I think we're on our 45th year coming up. Like, it's right around there. So many, many years. I was, in fact, a high school student at Pleasant Valley many years ago and had my art selected. So the that process is that Every art teacher in the whole Quad Cities, including uh, Silva, Cease Moline, um, Muscatine, they get to each choose five students. So this is a it's a huge show, and the teachers are kind of judging, prejudging because they're only bringing five students. And when it all comes together, there's usually about 200 works of art. So they can be anywhere from freshmen to seniors in high school. And we also, um, one of our biggest money-making um, um, things that we do is we put on Festival of Trees. And part of Festival of Trees is also a high school art exhibit. 
And in that one, the teachers, there's a little more space so they can bring more than five pieces of work. But we really haven't done anything for the younger kids, um, mainly because the figgy kind of covers that. They do um, all the grade schools at the figgy. So that's kind of covered for the Quad Cities. So have there been any pieces in the high school art contest, have there been any pieces uh, submitted that deal with um, life during the pandemic? Yes, last year there were there were a number of them, and I expect to see more this year. And the, the art itself changed last year because uh, the majority of the students were having to take art classes from home. So suddenly they couldn't do clay projects because there was, you know, mom and dad might not enjoy having all this clay all over the kitchen table. And then how do you get it back to the school to get it fired? And um, same with painting. There were very few paintings this year for the same reason, the bringing home all that canvas and paint and brushes and, you know, where, where are you going to set that up in, in the family home? So there was a lot more drawings and um, a lot more collage being done where People are, you know, kids are encouraged to go through the garbage and take things out and see what they could make out of out of things that they could find around the house. So the type of work that was done last year was different. And and yes, there were a number of pieces that dealt with COVID and and how they felt about it. Okay, Rick. Yes, Don, uh, you mentioned in the broadcast version that these pieces are for sale. Uh, how are sales? How, how are they going uh, in the early stages of your exhibit? I think they're going well. Um, overall, I think in the art community, we've seen a, a big rise in sales in the last couple of months. We had one of our best summers ever, and I talked to a gallery in Cedar Rapids. They said the same thing. Um, another gallery in Bettendorf, they said the same thing. Um, artists are seeing a pretty big surge in sales right now. And, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that. One is that people are home more often. They're spending time at home. They're looking at the same stuff they've always had. And it's, you know, the same reason um, remodeling is way up right now. People want to mm-hmm. change their homes, freshen it up, put some new art up. And then there's also the fact that people traveled less and went out to eat less, so they've got a little more money that they can spend on something nice. Yeah, I would I would say that I've seen that. I'm a uh, medieval reenactor, and so artists that are uh, selling at Renaissance festivals have had banner years. And they've talked about the same things that you just talked about, the idea that there was more disposable income, so people had money to spend, particularly on more expensive pieces, which often are more difficult to to move. Um, And and also just the excitement of being back out again. Um, You know, I I think that's an an interesting idea. Um, I think I get the the honor of asking the last uh, question for our uh, podcast segment. So I'm going to put you on on the spot a little bit. I talked about some of the pieces that I really liked. What would you say were your top, say, two or three favorite pieces in this exhibit? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a hard one. Told you. But I would have to... <laughs> 
Yeah, I one of mine is um, this one of the ones you loved, which was the um, the, the paper mache piece um, called the New Normal, and one of them is a painting um, done by a woman who she is getting her master's degree in art in Chicago right now, and she actually had a, sh- a piece back in our, our high school show several years ago. So it's really cool to see that she has gone on and pursued art. And it's a she did a painting. She was over in Japan when the pandemic hit and then had to come back to the United States. And she's got this painting of two girls that are staring at videotapes. And, you know, one of them is like a comic book. And they just sort of have this really bored, vacant look in their eyes. And her comments were... It, never in her wildest dreams that she thinks she would just be like lazing around the house with nothing to do, you know, after all going to school and traveling. So, and it's just a, it's a really well done painting and it's just really expressive. So those are probably two of my top favorites. Um, I mean, there's, there's several just wonderful pieces um, another one is uh, one of the collages that uh, the mom did. She was, um, it's called I Am a Super Mom. It was like she was um, kind of doubting her abilities as a mother, and she's got kids she's got to entertain when they're suddenly home all the time. And she put together these collages out of, you know, just stuff around the house. And like I mentioned earlier, a, a toilet paper tube and, and how she she put that together with some little Barbie doll shoes that she probably picked up off the floor and she put those in a little baggie and just the way she combined everything, just it, it's, it's just kind of a wonderful, they're both really wonderful little pieces. Don, as uh, before we sign off, I'm going to have you give your address one more time. Uh, maybe uh, your your webs, website as well and how long and when the, uh, the exhibit ends okay our address is 1715 second avenue in rock island and our website is quadcityarts.com and the show is up through december 3rd and anything that's purchased can then be picked up on the 4th and i also want to add that um we're in an old built building in rock island so the address takes people to our front window but the actual entrance is either on the side, which is called Arts Alley, or facing the river. So there's two different entrances, and sometimes people get confused because they come, they GPS it, and they come to that front door, and they can't get in that way. Sure. We would like to thank our guest for this 441st show, Don Wolford Metallo, Visual Arts Director at the Quad City Arts Center. We've been talking about their current exhibit, Art in Lockdown. The history bus for today's show were Rick Sweet and Ed Broders. You can listen to ROI as it's being broadcast on Friday nights on KALA HD2 88.5 FM and 106.1 FM in the Quad City region at 9.30 p.m. You can also listen to the show as it's being broadcast on TuneIn.com. Put KALA HD2 in the search box and look for ROI. Many of our previously recorded shows can be heard at SoundCloud.com. Just put K-A-L-A Radio, all one word, in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find ROI shows.
You can also find ROI on all of your favorite streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. ROI is recorded at Station KALA, St. Ambrose University.